When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. This is Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grace, and welcome to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's wonderful to see everybody. Our illustrious podfather has uh, bestowed upon me the honor of hosting this show. This is Magic Man in the Morning, and as you could tell, I have my coffee ready. Hopefully you guys do as well. Welcome to the very first inaugural Magic Man in the Morning, and uh, this is going to be a bit of a different show. I'm on the East Coast, so this is going to be somewhat different. Uh, everybody's kind of used to, uh, you know, late nights with uh, Gerald, Jamie, and Joe, or uh, our podcasts following the the end of uh, a late night doubleheader. So this is different. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm very excited. So let's get after it. About last night. So last night was a breath of fresh air, I think, for everybody. And since the trades, plural, especially with Russ leaving, it felt like there was a, a, a genuine exhalation from every Laker fan around the globe. It just felt like we could breathe again. You know, the past 18 months, it felt like just a giant kick in the stomach, really. And we've just been trying to gasp for air to try to catch our breath. So when Russ got traded, um, I think it was the best for both parties. We're happy. He seems to be happy in his situation. And it shows on the court. Last night was great. It was the first time in about, I, I would say, well over, well over, at least 50, 60 games where the Lakers played cohesively. They played as a team. They shared the ball. Austin Reeves played great last night. Perfect from the field, perfect from the line. Had four assists, no turnovers. That was great. Malik Beasley hit seven threes. Malik is a very streaky shooter, and we're uh, we're very lucky to have acquired him, actually. 
but he's got a dribble drive game too. I mean, if you if you front him and try and take away his airspace, he can put the ball on the floor, and he's got a pretty decent floater. I mean, he's uh, he's sort of like Rob. Rob did pick up Danny Green, and Malik Beasley is similar to Danny Green. Uh, I think at this point in time in their respective careers. Danny still needed to learn to put the ball on the floor and drive to the hole if his shot wasn't available. Malik just seems to do that naturally. So he's got a different kind of skill set on the court. He, he just isn't a spot-up shooter. He can do a lot of different things on the court. So playing him, playing Austin Reeves together, uh, we saw Mobamba uh, go 50% from uh, deep that was fantastic so overall just a, a really great team effort and uh, again for the second consecutive game they've been able to score 120 points and keep their opponent below 115 so the defense has been has been passable it really has it's been passable and i think that uh, it you know we could earmark how good we think they're going to be Frankly, with LeBron sh shooting five for 20 and AD only shooting five shots and us still winning by double digits, especially with D'Lo missing 40 minutes of the game, he only played the first five or six. That's great. You know, this team with the previous uh, personnel would not have won that game. If a key member of the team was injured in the first quarter, and AD and uh, LeBron were both struggling, there's just no way in hell they were going to be able to overcome that. So, again, different different group, uh, different attitude, different vibe, and it led to a win. So I, I think this this makes for... Hey! Hey, You're what's up? You're up early, man. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, sir. Good, good, good. Yeah, I... Uh... Would have got on a little earlier, but I uh, have to take care of a few things. But uh, you always got to take care of a few things. I heard the man. bacon. I heard the bacon, so I had to come and I had to come. So how? So is there any kind of bacon better than crispy bacon? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, li little burnt is always kind of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's different than chicken. You don't burn chicken, but. Like you said, a little a little tinge on the bacon just makes it extra crispier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then eggs with bacon is always going to be the peanut butter and jelly of bacon. Uh, How do you like your eggs, sir? Over easy. Over easy. Sunny, sunny yeah. side up. Okay. Now, if you if you go over easy, do you like Texas toast or regular toast? So I grew up in a Middle Eastern family. I'm Middle Eastern, and we used to eat pita bread with it. Okay. As when I got older, and I would, would do more, let's say, uh, a specific diet where I was eating more eggs in the morning. I would eat it just the eggs and whatever meat that I chose, whether it was a sausage or whether it was a bacon. If that was the case, I would then scramble the eggs and put bell pepper in it, or or and tomato and things like that. But if I'm eating eggs the way I want, it's sunny side up or over easy because I like the yolk. And then I dip the the bread, the pita bread in it, and it 
and I, I put the Cholula on it with, with salt. That's Ooh, my thing. Yeah. I'm going to try that now. I haven't tried oh, yeah. that. All yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after uh, after sleeping on last night's win, any other uh, comments? Well, uh, I'm hearing that D'Angelo Russell might not be playing here Sunday. Yeah, I read uh, that too. And I'm, I'm also hearing he might not play the following game. I don't, I don't know what the hell happened to his ankle, but what, what the, the, I don't know what, what, what's going on here. It's, it's been, I, I saw a little bit of that. And then the rest of the, the rest of the information this morning was Russell Wilson trying to get Pete Carroll fired before he oh left. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah that, so. Like this guy is, oh, what, what can you say? Well, uh, you know, Joe, you, you often talk about uh, hypocrites and how you can't stand them. And uh, I think most people would agree with you, sir. And, that guy is at like the top of the list when it comes to NFL players. The rampant hypocrisy from him. I mean, he he had the unmitigated gall to put the Las Vegas Raiders on a list of teams he would be willing to trade for. Even though, even though he said this man said he's a man of God and Vegas is Sin City. So I found that a little disingenuous. I don't know about you, sir, but Oh, you know, good. Without getting into the depths of religion, I heard some things about Russell Wilson during the the boom era, defensive stalwarts. You know, Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor, those guys. And Richard Sherman had said something about how he's like a company guy. I think he was nicely trying to say that he he didn't really have any identity he was a he was status quo to keep yeah, his image no no individuality right and of course coming from richard sherman you're sitting there going mm, he's just not doing it the way you like to do it and that's usually you know how that kind of starts did you want him to be all kaepernick on you or on everybody yeah, that's you know it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. however there are been there have been some rumblings that He's been just not a good teammate. I don't know how. It's very odd. It's it's he's not vocal. No, you don't see him yelling at anybody. But I would say you know we 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 get on LeBron for being very passive aggressive. I'd say Russell Wilson puts LeBron to shame in the oh. passive aggressive category. I, I what was stood out to me. What's sorry, Joe? What stood out to me was um there was a ga- there was a game this previous year where the Broncos were playing the Carolina Panthers and a defensive lineman for the Broncos named Mike Purcell, who's from Denver and was undrafted. So he had a different route to the NFL than Wilson does, right? He got in Wilson's face right in front of Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not sure if if, I'm sure you saw the video. A lot of people, other others did. Yeah. That was very, to me, that was very evident of kind of what you were saying there about Wilson being perceived as a leader by the by his company that he works for, yet the the boots on the ground don't really see it that way. They don't really feel his leadership. I, I don't know where to, I, I, there's not enough info to really figure out you know, Russell Wilson was playing very well up until about a year ago. Playing well as in smart quarterback, would throw the ball away, wouldn't make mistakes, could roll out. 
But then again, when you have chemistry issues, when you have a disconnect with your team and the coach isn't able to rally it, you know, if, if, if Pete Carroll can't rally you in, then, you know, Pete Carroll's a lot of things, uh, kind of goofy for my taste. Uh, not like, uh, there's, there's nothing Pete Carroll does that I, I, I overly dislike. Like he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, it seems like he's a nice man and does, he's a very good coach too. I don't think he gets enough credit for being a really, really good coach. But he's just a goofy guy. He does things goofy, and I, I kind of like, yeah, it's not my not my thing. Uh, but in the end, it's it, Pete Carroll resurrected Geno Smith's career. Resurrected might not even be the the, the word. I don't know what the hell happened there. Hey, it's I'm, like I'm, a phoenix, it's kind of like a phoenix rising for the. I have no. How do you how do you go from dog crap bust? To comeback player of the year, like seven years later, what the hell did he see? Pete Carroll is two plays away from probably being one of the best coaches ever in so many levels, college, NFL. You get that first down in the Rose Bowl and repeat, and if you just run Marshawn Lynch, you're back to back. He he should have three a three feet in college and a back to back in the NFL, which back-to-back in the NFL is is the same as winning three in a row in the uh, in the NBA. It's just so hard. It's very hard. And so with that, you, you saw – you're seeing the results. We talk about results. You saw the results of what, a, what, what Pete Carroll turned into without Russell Wilson, and then you saw what, what Russell Wilson did this year on his own. Uh, Sean Payton must have seen something to go to Denver. I don't think it was about the money because I think he could have got the same money anywhere else or at least the positions that were open. I don't understand. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can see that. But also he lives not far away from you in Manhattan Beach, not far away from the Chargers. I I would have thought Justin Herbert would be a better play than but Russell But then, see, they, they weren't getting – I think they lost an opportunity. I think the Chargers did lose an opportunity. I know Staley's still young, and I know he's, but the reality is, you should have you should have fired Staley and went after uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is exactly what Herbert needed, um, and and that's the the crazy thing about that is Herbert has numbers that no one's ever had in the first three years of their their career. So imagine with Sean Payton. Woo. Oh my god. The guy almost that guy almost tore his uh, UCL, and I saw him throw a perfect a perfect pass, fifty yards, right over his head. Yes, uh, the only tragedy with the Chargers is the fact that they're on San Diego still. That's, that's <laughs> the problem, but, but there's, there's there is a there is an issue in Denver, and I think Sean Payton will will remedy it because he has enough uh, clout. He's got enough cachet there, and. Uh, We'll, we'll have to wait and see how that kind of turns out. But at the end of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs, as long as, heck, uh, Pat Mahomes plays on one leg and still wins Super Bowls, you know? I mean, you look back on the Super Bowl they did lose to Tampa, you know, the guy was still slinging it with no offensive line in that Super Bowl, still doing it. The guys, if I, I can't, I, I can't, I couldn't explain to those, I couldn't explain people. Even year one, when Patrick Mahomes played, I said, you guys have no idea how good Patrick Mahomes is. Oh, let's not go that far. It's only his first year. I go, no, 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 no. He threw five touchdown passes against uh, the Steelers, I believe, in the first half. 
might have been four actually. And Ben kind of answered with four of his own before they he and that's the thing with, with Mahomes. It's like you they scored three touchdowns and then Ben Ben comes back, throws gets three touchdowns, ties the game, all of a sudden Pat goes, oh, finish this game. Yeah. There's another couple, right? And I go, I watched a lot of football in my life, and I've watched Tom Brady, unfortunately, cost the Steelers a couple Super Bowl appearances. I go, if if Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid play together for 10 years, I go, they're going to win four or five Super Bowls. Mm. I go, he his talent is unmatched. He is Brett Favre with Dan Marino's ferocity. But – calmness of the Joe Montana, like the cerebral thing. Yeah. You don't he doesn't yeah. get too crazy. Because Dan Marino was a was a beast, right? He was ferocious. This is Raphael from NBA DraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts say the only thing burrow has on him is at the at the line during the pre-snap I, I would say burrow's a little bit sharper than he is but like you said there's no one that can match his, his raw talent yeah it, you, you have to beat mahomes in the in the same manner that you've beat him in the past in big games is you have to somehow contain, ass. contain him as best you can and hope that your offense does what they need to do because I'm telling you right now, I watched that Super Bowl. Philadelphia's game plan was as perfect a game plan as I've ever seen on any quarterback like that. They 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 went on that 17 play drive that took up God knows. They kept Mahomes off. And this is the part that I'm gonna, this is the period in the sentence. Philadelphia played the perfect football game. They kept that guy off the field as much. So everybody's sitting there going, well, why did the only Patrick Mahomes only throw the ball below, you know, 300 yards significantly? I go, because he wasn't even on the field. And they still scored what they scored. He wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing. And he got those numbers, barely played. And you still couldn't stop him. You still couldn't stop him. And that right there was proof. You have to almost play... Even perfect football didn't work. Yes, you have yeah. to. Yeah, even fo- perfect, perfect football. Now, I I know that the end of the game kind of put a damper in the uh, the end of the play, or I should say, the penalty at the end of the at the end of the game uh, kind of put a damper in the in the in the whole game. Uh, I, I unfortunately, Kansas City would have probably should have closed that game out much earlier. I thought that fumble by Miles Sanders was a fumble. I think that was yes. a bad call. Um, and if that that was the case, you're looking at Kansas City taking control of that game much much earlier than when they did. But it was a nice game, and unfortunately, it had to end the way it did. And I really felt bad for Jalen Hurts to to a degree in terms of the game because he did play absolutely phenomenal football. I'm I'm surprised with Jalen Hurts. What Jalen Hurts has turned into 
It's too bad, too, because as a Steeler fan, I, I was hearing rumblings that the Steelers were going to draft them in the second round. How different would that have been had they picked the picked You know Joe? what? I, I got I got to admit, Joe, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of uh, casual football fans were, were sleeping on Jalen Hurts. If 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 Lincoln Riley had a shred of doubt that Hurts couldn't play in the in the NFL, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have asked him to come to Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that should have been the the big gold star to to say, yeah, if he thinks he's ready, then he's ready. Because there's there's nobody in the world basically who can who can mold an eighteen or nineteen year old kid into an NFL quarterback better than Lincoln Riley. Very true. Uh, and I think Sirianni is kind of the NFL version of Lincoln Riley to, to some degree, not just in terms of visuals, but just uh, the philosophies on how to how to run a team. And it goes to show you when you get lucky picking the right quarterback, the first two three years of that quarterback being effective with a rookie contract. Look at look at the depth. Look at the talent that you can you can you can put together here. Uh, I really, I felt, I feel bad for the Eagles. They, they would have, they would have mowed over anyone, anyone in the Super Bowl except Patrick Mahomes. It's just that simple. They were, they were the two best teams all year. The final four teams were the best four teams all year. This was the most non-parody season I've ever watched in football, or I've seen in football for a very long time. You were you did not get surprised by anyone. Everyone that got to where they got to was was supposed to be there. The only surprise was Geno Smith turning into a legitimate starting quarterback out of nowhere. Uh, that that should again be given. You got to give some credit to to, to Pink Carroll for that because that that you see again results will will win you the argument. You know when you sit back and you go, well, Russell Wilson couldn't win games in Denver, and they ended up giving up God knows what for for him, and then here you. You go into the season with Geno Smith saying, yeah, Geno Smith's our guy. And that's the part where sometimes Carol's kind of goofy. He's like, what do you mean Geno Smith's your guy? We think you get somebody else. But no, he didn't. He didn't need to. He got the guy he wanted. And it's in a results business, you bring the results, you can win the argument. Like I said, Chuck Knoll said in the past, it's only stubbornness if you're wrong. He's right. So you 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 need to stick with your guns, and you, if the results are there, then they're good. If they're not, you're gonna they're gonna look like a jackass, and that's just the way it is. That's life. And you know what, sir? I'm glad I'm glad you're on this morning because uh, I heard what you had to say about Charles Barkley and what he had to say about uh, the current state of affairs as far as uh, player empowerment and uh, man, they're milking that. To the last drop, right? They're they're gonna tip the cow over until it's all gone, and then I heard what you had to say, and I agree with you. the The CBA is going to be a Mack truck flattening them out because they're not gonna get all that in a bag of chips this time around. It's not gonna happen. I've been trying to emphasize that to people. You know, when we have discussions about the NBA and people will often point to, well, you know, yeah, but they're so empowered now. Adam Silver's given them given them so much slack and there's no way that they can give it back. Well, I mean, 
yeah, they can't. They're going to be forced to give it back. Looking at this from an objective standpoint, no matter how big you are as a player, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're a leader. The face of the league, if you had to pick a name right off within like a second, who's the face of the league right now? LeBron James. LeBron James. Good. LeBron James is not a good leader for a league. He's got too much. He's too bite. He's too. He's he's too. Uh, he's too polarizing. He's just too polarizing. When you when you think of leaders of leagues, you think of Magic and Bird. You think of Michael Jordan. You think of Kobe, Shaq, Duncan. Duncan, I don't know if you know. Duncan was a very very popular and you know known player, but. Very stoic. He, he was a Larry Bird with maybe a little nicer demeanor, right? But that's my point. My point is Larry Bird was and Tim Duncan were were apprehensive and wanting to have that attention, but they also still embraced their fortune to a degree. They 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 represented the league in a way where there was a lot of admiration. I, you know, we, we talked about this, about Tim Duncan, and I, you, you heard it a lot. Oh, Tim Duncan is one of those guys that went to school for all four years. and He could have went to Orlando after four years, and no, he stayed loyal with San Antonio Spurs. And guess what? He 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 uh, deferred to Kawhi Leonard. He deferred to Tony Parker. He deferred to Manu Ginobili. And he took Greg Popovich's, you know, tongue lashings so that the team could also sit there and go, well, Tim Duncan's getting it. We'll we have to get it right. That's the part where leadership and 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 being an the identity of a league is is good. Bird, I mean, I know there was a lot of race racial tones to to the Magic Bird thing, but it wouldn't be that if they weren't great. <laughs> Larry Bird was just Danny Ainge. Well, and, and we're and not having was, this discussion, yeah. right? So to his credit, he played that up way more than Magic did. Well, it's because it, it's kind of like when you're when you're that competitive, when you're that ferocious. Because Larry Bird was a ferocious person. He had a I want to I want to end your life mentality. I don't give up. That's what his right. attitude was. So whoa, you you hit that at the perfect time in the '80s. That was the mentality still, right? You had all the '80s. All the '80s movies were. You know, Christopher Walken in The Time to Kill, and I'm not a Time to Kill, sorry, a View to a Kill, jeez, uh, a Bond movie. Like, you had these cool bad guys, and, and to some degree, Larry Bird was like a cool bad guy, and then you had Magic, who was all smiles, but, you know, just as ferocious, just he did it with a smile. Uh, and the NBA right now, unfortunately, after COVID, after, and 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 this is the problem, is, it's not just a LeBron problem. It's not just it, it, people are trying. People are naturally trying to pick sides because that's what the, the 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 tone is in the world. What you need to do is you need to get on wherever media platform and go listen and do what Aaron Rodgers does. Listen, I'm not on anyone's side. I'm on the side of what I feel is right, and it doesn't go that way or that way. It goes back and forth. Sometimes 
but the thing is, LeBron James is not eloquent enough to explain that. He hasn't had the ability to do that. And then on top of that, you have more idiots out there that have a forum to speak, and it creates this tension and this dis- disconnect. And you know what, Joe? What concerns me at the at the top of my my concern meter with the the NBA today, other than the systemic seems infectious problem with officiating is just to piggyback off your point, man. I really don't think that as a, as a league, and I'm talking about the players as a whole, like you were saying back in the eighties, those guys had skin in the game, right? Because the NBA was on the verge of bankruptcy. The TV ratings were in the toilet. You couldn't find advertising dollars to save your life. So they were incentivized to care about the game and the health of the game. But today, with all the money being being thrown around, I have to say, I really don't think that most players care about the health of the league anymore. And I think it goes to your point. Uh, and it's it's this isn't a slight or or a diss on LeBron, but LeBron's thirty eight. He's on it, you know, he's got maybe three or four years left. And after he leaves, he's going to do his own thing. He's got different fingers and different pies. But we have to remember that it's nearly a 50-50 split between the owners and the players as far as basketball-related income, right? So you would think, like, if you worked at General Motors or if you worked at McDonald's or if you worked for Sinblades. And your boss, Joe Soros, says, okay, you know what, guys? We've we've been a very profitable company over the past 10 years, so I'm going to offer you some, some stake in the company, right? I'm just using it as an example. So we're going to do a 50-50 split. So the health of the league depends on us being partners and understanding you can't get everything you want and we can't get everything we want. But we have to meet somewhere in the middle. It doesn't seem like that's that's even a discussion, Joe. That that these guys think that because the money's rolling in now, that it'll always roll in. And that's just not necessarily the case. A rainy day always comes, doesn't it? I think it's time I think the sad part about this is Adam Silver was extremely supportive of his players during a time where there 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 needed to be kind of there are times in life where you you need to get off the script and just understand what's a, what ha, what's happened and he even said this and this is some of the stuff why I like Adam Silver so much there's a common sense there's not this corporate mindset no there's a little bit of common sense that that I've always admired about him I think that's the lawyer in him the lawyer I get it, but at the same time, he said things that I would say, and I'm not saying it because I would say them. It's just my brain works in a way where common sense is a, is a thing. It's not just me. It's just it's common sense that you shouldn't be patted on the back for thinking in those terms because it's this is you should you should be doing that. So he would say things like, "We're doing this particular thing because we're in unprecedented times," which is true. This what had happened was unprecedented for at least in our, our lifetime. So you you when you see when you say that you if you have any sense, 
Yeah, well, got a point there. The problem, though, is no one supported him last year or so when it was time for him to make a decision. LeBron said some things that I'm like, dude, this guy did a lot for you guys, and you guys are still dogging him? So now if I'm Adam Silver, I you know, I'm talking to Michelle Roberts, I'm like, lady, I, I made a lot of concessions. I had the lowest ratings for a whole playoff run because you guys wanted a forum to express yourselves. And and by the way, uh to that point, I just because you were talking, you were talking about Charles, and I wrote down his quote too. Because I, I was with you, I, I thought, wow, he actually had the temerity, the, the gall to say it. Look, listen to this, Joe. Fourteen of the fifteen NBA's highest-paid players missed at least ten plus games by the All-Star break. So that means your your highest-paid, your highest-paid employee. Is missing from work about a quarter of the time. How would you How would you feel if you know you're you're a businessman, Joe? How it, that that wouldn't last in your business, I I, I imagine that no. you know if an employee decide, yeah, you know what, Joe, I'm only gonna show uh, only gonna show up three out of the four days you want me to work. Uh, no, uh, you no, you 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 hate to say it like this, but athletes are like children. If they keep poking. And what happens is a millionaire making $20, $30 million a year has the gall to say, you're taking advantage of us in a, in a way that's socially run, right? And I'm going, hold on a second. You're saying that you're being taken advantage of while getting paid $30 million a year. I mean, I want you to really focus on how ridiculous that sounds. If you feel like you are taken advantage of for $30 million, then you need to go find another job. But you won't because you're not going to make that anywhere else. So you keep pressing it. You keep pressing. It's just like a child. You keep pressing. Okay, how much more slack can I get? How much more slack? So now, and and we, we, can, we, can, we can sit here and play the blame game all day. And those who really are the beginnings of the blame are, are very quiet. People like Greg Popovich need to be called out for this. They're the He's the one that really started championing this. Kawhi Leonard needs to be called out. These guys need to be called out for creating this issue. How are you going to monitor it? Is it too late? Right, you, because that going, going back to that, Joe, Okay, here's here's something else that Silver said to, over the All-Star break. He said, science determines the appropriate amount of games to preserve health. Yet when he was asked, well, if that's the case, if you're if you're going to use that as your uh, your pro forma for everything, then why don't you reduce the number of games? First of all, if you're going to bring up science, I want you to explain to me how 30 years ago when science, medicine, and technology were 10 levels below what we have now, and amenities, 10 levels below now, why those guys were playing 82 games a year. I keep bringing up the 1992 New York Knicks. 
as an example. Because they were available. Why did I bring those guys? Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because if you look at the statistical box on the New York Knicks of 20, I'm sorry, 1992, one guy didn't play 82 games. One guy. He played 81, and his name was Mark Jackson. Incredible. Everyone. McDaniels, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, all those guys played 82 games here. New York Knicks, okay? The Chicago Bulls, why didn't you bring the Chicago Bulls? Well, the reason why I brought up the Knicks is because the Knicks were beasts. They were the new Pistons of the time, right? So you can't say either that, hey, man, these guys played more of a finesse kind of. No, these guys were rough and tough and beasts on top of it. And it was their best Knicks team. That team, while they weren't better than the Bulls in 92, were the closest to beating the Bulls of that and you're era. Ta- right, Joe, and you're talking about guys playing four out of five nights. They four were playing every nights. game. So th- I will go to the freaking bank on this. You you could bring every doctor and every nutritionist and all those people, and I'll go, no, no, and no. It's right here. We have conditioned society, not just our athletes, to be soft. There's a shortage of welders. I don't know if you know this. There's a shortage of electricians. There's a shortage of plumbers. So you hear all these people talk about, well, there's not enough jobs, and there's not enough of this, and there's not enough of that. And everybody's complaining about, and if you notice, the people who are disenfranchised or at a disadvantage, I'm sitting there going, I understand there's a mechanism trying to keep you down. We talk about it all the time. The system is rigged so that you work for the system. That's how it is. They don't want you to be a top guy or top lady. Well, what do you do in America? You just sit back and whine and cry about it? A lot of people do. No. Go start your own job. You know what plumbers make? You know what electricians make after three, four years being in the business? They make two hundred dollars to $300,000 a year. And you can go start your own business. I have my electrician guy. He works by himself. Works by himself. He's got a license. Easy. Take a couple tests. Get passed. You got your CSLB here in California. And then you just follow the rules as they come in. C- controls the schedule. Doesn't have to answer anyone. You build your clientele. You build your your your, your brand, whatever. And you're going to have a career the rest of your life. That's America. Do it on your own. When they talk about America, the pursuit of happiness, you have that choice. Now, if you want to go work for Starbucks, right? The big complaint now is Starbucks wants to do a union, right? To make freaking water and coffee. You need a union to to, to mix overpriced coffee? Really? That's how bad it's gotten? Go get another job. Go create your own coffee place. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do all that work. I want to complain. And I want to have them do it for me. What's going on in the NBA? Same thing, man. And you and me go back with this and, and maybe people are, are, you know, roll their eyes. But I mean, look, I admire Nick Saban to the hilt. And he talked about this. He talked about, and I think I brought it up with you before. He said, that's great. You want demands, right? He had a, he had a player. Okay. You want to start. You want to demand. Okay. Tell me how, tell me how you were going to be a starter then. And the guy's just, his eyes is, it's like deer in the headlights. It's, 
Well, yeah. I mean, you're complaining, you're whining. It's about solutions, right? It's it's not about it's not about whining about the problem. Why aren't you trying to figure out a solution instead? Because it's just a waste of time. We're not taught at an early age how to be self-sufficient. We're not taught how to do how a mortgage works, how a car payment works. We're taught chemistry 101. There's some benefits there in understanding the periodic table, sort of. Um, Learning algebra. There's some positive there. However, how often do you use algebra on your daily basis? Not much. Now, my business, I use a lot of geometry, so that works. Matter of fact, I've said several times, I became a math guy or a numbers guy better in my 40s and 30s than I was when I was in school. But that was my fault. That was my fault. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. I was good at math until eighth grade when I had friends in the math class and I cheated off. We cheated off each other during the during the. During the tests, and we were great, right? Got A's and everything. Right? Hey, what's up, guy? Hey, you know, hey. <laughs> well, guess what? I went up a level in math in high school. I was a level above math, and combination of laziness and the fact that I didn't learn what I learned in eighth grade cost me in those classes my freshman and sophomore year. I didn't know what the hell I was doing because I didn't learn math as a language. You can't make phrases if you don't know what the pronouns are and the verbs like in the transitions if you don't learn that you're not going to know what the next step is so i use that as an example of when you're dumb me thinking i was some cool guy cheating off my friends well i ended up yeah i got an eight eighth grade but i ended up getting c minuses when it mattered because i couldn't cheat in every class right you at some points like dude you kind of grow up a little bit and that that's an example I use a lot in that your your entitlement, your thinking you can get past the system. Well, yeah, you could skate. Yeah, you could I could have done it even through high school. But what's that gonna benefit you? It's gonna teach you how to not really learn anything. So no. and I say no. that if if they had I, I do say this though, if if they had done uh let's say measurements like in my business as a tool to explain how the job was i probably would have picked it up a little bit better but again i that i'm not the teacher i couldn't i couldn't dictate that but we're we're in a we're in a position now where um you know i sit back and i go we're so bored as as a as a as a species at least in america i know it's not like that everywhere in the world but we're worried about whether our dogs are vegans Mm. dogs Mm. vegans hmm I'm watching a commercial about a guy saying dogs shouldn't eat processed foods. It's not good for you. Yet we're having all these problems. There's 20 million children that don't, that are in food insecure, mm-hmm. but we're worried about dogs not being vegetarians. I saw a sign in San Diego from a homeless woman saying vegan family, please help. These people are poor, they don't have any food, but they're vegan. And they're trying to tell people who would give them food, hey, make sure it's vegan. I remember I remember that uh, that line from Dave Chappelle. He said, if if you got enough money to buy a Sharpie and write down how hungry you are on a cardboard uh, cardboard, you're not that poor. 
People that are poor and broke and homeless have dogs. I'm picking on dogs now because I have a lot of people in my surroundings that, that are obsessed with dogs. And I've noticed that people have stopped caring about people so much that they care about dogs more than they care about people. And I'm sitting there going, these are the same people complaining why the world sucks. Well, the world sucks because of people like you. You've given up on your own people. And if you're going to complain about it, my good friend Jesse Wright said this years ago. He goes, if you're going to complain about it, at least have a solution. But people don't want the solution. I have friends of mine who are people I have a lot of respect for who I admire, but the problem is they're solution skills are terrible yeah and and i i remind myself often now um try to nine times out of ten if if you're going to complain about something you better have a solution for it or a temporary a temporary band-aid something because there's no use in complaining and whining if you're not going to do anything about it it's just it's a waste of time it's a waste of chi basically and that's why I wanted to ask you about this, Joe, since since we're, we can uh, springboard to, I'm not sure if you've been uh, reading about the, the problems that Bally Sports is having right now. Uh, I, have, I have read a little bit of it. I haven't read it extensively. I haven't had time. But... So essentially what happened was Disney bought up every asset that 20, 20th Century Fox had. And that in within that included uh, what they call RSNs, so regional sports networks. And for people to understand, just Bally's is Fox Sports. That's mm-hmm. essentially just what people fundamentally just need to understand. It's mm-hmm. a branch of Fox Sports. And when Disney Disney auctioned off those RSN rights, they only got ten point six billion for it when they were looking for twenty. So they really only got half of what they were looking for. And now the group called Sinclair who bought them, they they are $1.8 billion in debt. That's how much money they owe for the rights fees. They also owe 600 million interest on that 1.8. And they only have less than 600 million cash on hand. So 16 of the 30 NBA teams have a regional sports network. The only ones who don't, if you look at it, are the coastal teams. Boston has Nesson. That's the Red Sox and the Bruins. Both those franchises own that network. You have Yes, right? You also have in here, in Canada, Toronto, you have their own sports. And we go out west, right? The Lakers. They have their own. Golden State has their own. So these these teams right now, they're going to be up against it, Joe. And I don't. I and again, going back to the the health of the league, I don't think the players read the kind of news that we do. Like you said, they're more they're more interested in uh, the Instagram the Instagram garden tools, what's going on in their in their with their stupid friends and and whatever challenges going on on TikTok or whatever. They're not focused on the problem that's coming right at them. I don't think they realize they're about to hit an iceberg. Teams are just going to have to sh- shed salary now. But- and unfortunately, 
what we're going to end up getting into a conversation about is what happens in Europe with teams that can't spend money and or aren't good enough. You get regulated. You get relegated. Now, we're going to talk about that in the NBA. Well, certain small markets aren't going to want to hear that. But if we're concerned about the health of the league, there are the winners and the losers, right? This is a deep conversation. It goes in so many ways. It could go in so many ways. We'll keep it at sports. At the end of the day, the chicken is coming home to roost. The constant, terribly managed decision-making on, let's say, let's stick to the NBA since that's our show, is you have those who stand on something. And if you even bring in any kind of, that's the word I'm looking for, even if you have a, a different view, let's say, on that stance, it's very quickly, easily labeled into something negative. You have to be very strong. You can't turn into Drew Brees. And that's the problem, guys, is, is you have too many Drew Breeses when, when they stand up and, and, and speak their mind, rightfully so, and they're not even saying anything wrong. That's the sad part. Imagine saying something that makes sense and is correct, Yet you're apologizing for that. You've already, you've just diluted the whole point now. Because you now can't articulate, look, let hear me out. Why is Aaron Rodgers able to do it? You don't see Aaron Rodgers get ostracized. You know, they'll make, they might make fun of him for going to some tent, tent in the middle of Oregon. But I really believe, and not, this might be me being naive, he's just messing with everybody. <laughs> No, you're not being naive at all. I mean, I mean, come on. That, that would be something I think I would do. Hey, I'm going to go into a dark place and not listen to anything for a week. And then just sit back and talk to Pat McAfee, whomever he's talking to, and go, dude, this is messing with everybody, man. Um, oh, he's that, probably, was, that, that was hilarious. That was right? Hilarious. So so to me, it's like you already got, you already see it. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers, right? They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers in so many different angles. And he had to sit there and say, X, Y, and Z. Relax. R-E-L-A-X, right? You know, people like Aaron Rodgers. And then there's people that don't like him. And the people that don't like him, it's, it's funny. They say the same thing. They oh, this guy doesn't care about his teammates. I bet you these are the same people when they go to work, they can't stand the coworkers either. Look in the mirror when you criticize people. I want you to really look in the mirror for people who are watching. When you criticize someone, look in the mirror and make sure you that person isn't doing the same thing. Because if you're doing the same thing they're doing, we're going back to the H word again. Okay. Drew Brees, I use him as an example. All he said was, my family were former veterans. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to support those guys. And instead, he had a bunch of jackal for for teammates that didn't support that because they are already into their feelings who completely destroyed him and then he was worried about his tv gig and all that again back to again the selfish reasons why he wanted to then he started wearing shirts with people's names on it that have been hurt in the past i'm like dude really like you just completely out like in a bad way too you were better off just going silent going away that's the problem same problem with those people like, I don't want to watch NBA anymore. Uh, the hell with LeBron James. How are you going to solve that problem if you're just going to go away? 
No. Maybe not. Now, here's where you can make a difference, and it looks like it's sort of happening. You know, you mentioned those numbers for those regional networks. That's how you talk, baby. Because if they're getting 10 billion instead of 20, that's a big gap. So Huge. now, now when you come back and you have this salary cap thing that you need to put together, does that change? Does it go down 10 million, 10 billion, whatever, right? Right, because there was a report that right now it's at 123. It jumped from 112. They're talking it could go well over 175, depending on the TV con. Oh my God. Now you're talking about half your teams are struggling with trying to get regional money for their product to put it on the air. That's that, that's that's where you need to kind of sh give your head a shake and really think about what's the issue here. Is it the fact that what I want to play in 55 games a year, I don't really want to play 75 instead of maybe I'm not even playing in the league in three or four years, depending on my abilities and whether or not the team's healthy or not. Like, for example, just as an example, the Orlando Magic sold their their naming rights to a company called Amway. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you've heard, Joe. Basically, Amway is a pyramid scheme. It's 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 basically a sophisticated kind of disguised pyramid scheme. And now you're talking about a team that's that's in bed with somebody like that. And now you're struggling to even find distribution for the Orlando Magic. That's just one example in the NBA right now where people are just not seeing the forest for the trees, Joe. And you've talked about that before. You know, you're you're worried you're worried about this over here, but your house is on fire. Your house is on fire and you're worried about about your mud on your tires on your Corvette. Yeah, it, there's there's an assault on big industry. Those who are CEOs, the the old the old lineage ownership types, guys that have generational money. And those guys have to be cautious of what they say and how they do business because they don't want to give off that image like a Daniel Snyder or Jerry Jones, right? We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. So, Joe, before we head on out, I wanted to touch on one last segment. And, you know, man, I was uh, I was thinking about this this officiating issue in the NBA. And, you know, there, there's a lot of cynicism, a lot of just apathy about, you know, you're going to have to live with incompetency. And I don't think that's the case. You know, ever since... 
see the the this problem started not because of Tim Donahue. It started because of David Stern. And let me explain why why I believe that. So when Don when this all came out, David Stern's philosophy was silence is golden. So whatever Donahue says, we don't respond to. We just keep silent. That was a huge problem, Joe, because whenever he went on one of these media tours, I'm talking about about the the scumbag Tim Donahue, there was no counter argument for anything he was saying. None, None of these media groups or corporations who had him on would have someone else on from the NBA or from the FBI or wherever to dispute or counter what he was saying. So it, it just let people's imaginations go run wild that somehow now that the game is fixed and it's, it's more like wrestling and there's a script and blah, blah, blah. And I was doing some digging, man, and I, I found this quote that Cuban had from three years ago. February 23rd, 2020. I'll just read it quickly. It goes back like I tweeted. You've got Ronnie Nunn, who only hired people from the Ohio Valley Conference or wherever his buddies worked at, including a former Rucker League ref who lasted only a year. And so now we're paying the price that his hiring and training was so bad that we don't have any good refs. And so then we went to Don Vaden, who was here two or three years. Then you went to Bob Delaney, who wanted all these refs to go to brain doctors, take vitamins, and force the refs to try and do that blank. So we have lots of former police officers. And so out of a million refs around the world, we have this incestuous group of refs that we've hired, literally brothers and spouses. We've hired literally brothers and spouses. I don't know which came first, the hiring or the spousing. But some high school, same cities, when it comes to training, we signed Joey Crawford and Bennett Salvatore to teach these guys how to ref. And the refs I've talked to said they spent minimal time doing video training with them. It's the same problem today, man. It's the same problem today. I'll give an example. So the ref who missed the call in the Celtics-Lakers game is Jason Goble. His brother, John, is also a ref. They're both former Miami-Dade police officers. Now, I'm not sure what this obsession is with the NBA and wanting to hire former cops because they think somehow with their demeanor, with their training, that somehow that will reflect... uh, good or better on the league as a product i just i don't know that's necessarily the case i think it's it it should be based on an individual's ability to understand what they're looking at i i I mean you could watch four different games tonight and in one game we'll call it charge and then the next game it'll be a block and in the next game, it'll be a block. In the next game, like it's inconsistent. That's all we're asking for is consistency. Now the game, the style of play has changed, no doubt. It's not as rough and tumble as it was. There's more movement. So they need to adjust themselves. The The referee should be allowed to be put in a position where they could see the best uh, angle 
to call a play rather than just being situated in a fixed position. But I don't know why the NBA hasn't decided that because the style of play has evolved, the way we need to call the games has evolved too. I mean, there are only three refs in the NBA, right? I get it. It's probably the toughest sport to officiate. But football has adjusted. Football has adjusted. I'll give a, I'll give a great example, okay? So in the playoffs, when Danny Crawford was refing Mavs games, they were 1-15. in 1-15. in 15. Now, they did a statistical analysis of how random that would be. There is like 119 in 100,000 chances that they would have that record in games coached by him. Now, we all know about Scott Foster and Chris Paul. Every time those two are in a playoff game, you immediately see it on Stat News or something on Twitter. You know, Chris Paul's 0-14, 0-15 in games coached by, uh, uh, refed by Scott Foster. In the NFL, I'll give a great example. During the tuck rule game, the referee who made the final call was named Walt Coleman. Walt Coleman never refed a game in a game in which the Raiders were playing ever again, ever again. Now, we get told all the time, you know, we only have so many referees and we have to assign them certain games and we can't be switching out officials here and there because of perceived bias. Well, you know something now, like you said before, with the CBA coming to a head, I think this problem with the officiating has come to a head too, because you've got Monty McCutcheon, who they took from the court to upstairs saying, I have a lack of fundamentals with my people. Dude, you know, you know, better than I do being a businessman. You know, if you don't have your fundamentals, it's a house of cards. Leadership. What is leadership? Leadership is knowledge in your, in your profession. Number one, knowledge. You, you know your, your business. Let's look at uh, Bill Belichick, let's say, uh, someone who's obsessed with his profession. You can't really trick that guy. No. He still needs Tom Brady to win Super Bowls. He still needs the tools. That's apparent. But you can't take away the fact that he knows what he's talking about. No. Unfortunately, most businesses in general, and this doesn't matter if it's a small business or Disney. Look at what happened with Disney after Bob Iger left. And mm -hmm. Bob Iger left before COVID because he <laughs> I have I have theories on that. I won't get into it. But yeah. a lot of a lot of the big CEOs were bouncing out because they saw what was coming and didn't bother to tell anybody because that's what cowards do. They they jump off the ship and don't tell anybody so that they can save themselves. Bezos did though. It's interesting Bezos gets a lot of flack, and that's probably because he's rich. And people hate rich people, right? They'll find anything. I'm like, Jeff Bezos used to work in a closet. Like, he he created his thing. Blah, blah, blah for this and this. And blah, blah. I'm like, how much do you pay for Prime? <laughs> You're part of the problem. What did I say before? You look in the mirror. What do we say on the show about the NBA's culture? We're a big problem. We're the problem, too. We're, We're watching neighbors. it. We We're keep neighbors. watching it. So don't sit there and tell me you got this issue when you're part of the problem, too. You don't want to do it. You don't want these things to happen. 
Stop going to Walmart. Stop going to Target. Stop buying stuff from Amazon. Go to Hank's Hardware. I'm doing that now. Hank's Hardware is a standalone mini home improvement place. Number one, they're great. Their customer service is out of this world. Just awesome. So if you want to support those who you feel like aren't the establishment, start start taking your attention and your money to them then. Stop whining. Every time I hear somebody complaining, you're still eating at McDonald's. Why don't you go to Dave's Hamburger Shop then? You big, oh, well, I like the, you know, I like the, I like the, the nuggets there. I'm like, well, you're, then the, 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 you shut up. Okay, stop complaining and stop whining if you're going to still use it. For us as, us complaining about the NBA is, what are we complaining about? Um, can you guys show up? What did, uh, what's that old saying? Comfort is the enemy of progress. Oh, big time. And people want to be comfortable and they want to be happy and they don't want to do this. And I'm like, well, standing on a pedestal is not easy. No. Okay. The guys that get those medals, you know, when they win in the Olympics, that's what I'm going to use as, because we're talking sports. You think, you know how many dinners those guys missed? Mm-hmm. You know, you know how many freaking things they have to do to, to get to that level? Yeah, I'm sure Michael Phelps wanted to, uh, to okay. party. Right. And, and it's funny because it's funny you bring up Michael Phelps. So Michael Phelps gets caught smoking the reefer because all that guy did for what, 20 years was swim. Be a, Be a human fish. Be a human fish. So the <laughs> second he's out of that water, you're all on him. Hey, what are you doing over there? Why are you doing this? I'm like, dude, the guy swims 18 hours a day. He goes and minds his own business. He's got to eat like 18,000 calories. calories You have any idea. You want to talk about about fitness, okay? For those of you who are listening, go to a – if you have a gym that has a pool, I want you to do 20 laps when you get there. And you tell me how hard it is. Swimming is – Quite possibly one of the greatest things in terms of cardiovascular. You can oh, it exercise every muscle in the body. And this guy, if if you don't eat ten thousand calories and your brain is fried from being in a pool and you're you're eating every two hours, why? Because if he doesn't eat, he's gonna weigh like hundred and five pounds. <laughs> he's swimming for a day, every day, all day. So this is the part where. Every situation has its own questions and answers. Stop compiling everything with the same thing. Oh, well, he's doing this or she's doing that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I get that. But this is why here. And that's that's where the disconnect is with, 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 with the whole NBA thing and the availability. Okay, if you're Kawhi Leonard and your knee is shot or Greg Popovich is trying to conserve certain guys – wasn't an issue then, but what it did was it created what we see now. You allowed that, you allowed this, oh, now it's 10 games, and now it's 12 games, and now it's 15 games, and that is your fault. Even though you were in the right at the beginning, but you created this epidemic of non-availability, and your product sucks. Well, the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah, Adam Silver made a huge mistake putting in that play-in, because now the regular season really does mean nothing. 
You have four teams in the entire league that are out of the playoffs. That's it. I think when um, people look back, it's going to be, before we head on out here, it's going to be very similar to uh, college football playoff format where they just they just obsequiously decided, yeah, we're just going to randomly have four teams in the fi- in uh, the playoffs. And we're going to, like you said, devalue uh, a regular season and devalue your conference championships, which is huge for these for these conferences. I mean, though that's their Super Bowl, basically. So before we head on out, Joe, I want to thank you for being uh, my very first guest on Magic Man in the Morning. Uh, I think it was a very good show, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be on again. We'll be definitely had a had a good time. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, sir. Always, always a pleasure. And with that, uh, we're going to head on out. But I just wanted to again give my profound thanks to Mr. Gerald Glassford for allowing me to uh, host a show like this. It's a very honored privilege, and I know for a fact that he won't be getting an email from Google saying that his account has been suspended. That was our goal, basically, for the first show, to make sure that his account (laughs) was still activated. So I think we accomplished that. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my guest, Joe Soro. I'm Magic Man, and we'll see you next time for Magic Man in the Morning. 